Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, good morning. It's good to be together celebrating the 29th Sunday here in Ordinary Time. I got my sidekick, Deacon Rich, back from his long walk in Spain. How many miles was it? 72 miles, which when you've got littler legs, is it longer miles or? Oh, it's a bird, it's a bird. I know, he missed me too. <laughs> oh man, well friends, it's good to be together and it's good to, uh, for our, it's a, it's a, power, a power, powerful weekend for us here at Sacred Heart as we've been uh, bringing our solemn celebration of uh, Eucharistic devotions to a close today with the 5 o'clock Mass this evening. And uh, I cannot help but see like the hand of providence in arranging these things, right? I'm not sure if Father Joe consulted the liturgical calendar when he picked the date for when we would have Eucharistic devotions, but it's pretty, I don't know, I feel it's significant that we would be culminating this weekend of 40 hours devotion on the church's feast, the celebration of, of St. John Paul the Great. So what I want to kind of do here this morning is I want to reflect on the scripture readings um, in light of the gift of the Eucharist, but also mainly in light of the gift of this amazing saint who is my great hero and uh, just someone who's shaped and marked my whole life. So John Paul the Great, the scriptures, and the Eucharist. So I'll put it this way. Let's start with this, that Pope St. John Paul II, he was and he is, uh, I, I would put it this way, that he is the apostle of the flesh, the apostle of the flesh. He is the apostle of the body. He's the apostle of the human person. That if there's one idea, if there's one idea that cuts through, that runs through all of his thinking and writing and preaching and teaching from his early days as a university professor to his undergraduate studies to his days as a priest and bishop and cardinal and now pope, I mean, if there's a single idea that holds it all together, it's the idea of the human person. John Paul was obsessed with understanding and defending the dignity of the human person. What is a human person? And he was raised to the papacy in the year 1978, precisely at the moment when the world seemed to be passing through this point of no return in terms of like self-destruction, self-alienation. Like God launched him like this precision missile into the midst of the 20th and the 21st centuries, right? The arguably the bloodiest centuries, the most grotesque, the most inhuman centuries in all of human history that he was launched into the midst of this chaos to proclaim to the world like the truth of the human person. That's what he was doing. So after he's elected Pope, 1978, he comes... And he stands on the loggia, that balcony of St. Peter's Basilica. And in decent Italian, he addresses the crowds for the first time. And he said to them, be not afraid. Be not afraid. And it's a phrase that he would repeat over and over and over again throughout his papacy. The words of Jesus over and over and over again. Be not afraid. Over and over again. Somebody eventually in an interview asked him, Holy Father, what is it that we shouldn't be afraid of? It's a good question. He said to them, spiders. I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Just want to make sure you're awake. Okay. 
He said to them this. This is the truth. He said, be not afraid of the truth of who you are. Be not afraid of the truth of who you are. Many bright commentators have put it this way, that our modern age is experiencing an eclipse of the meaning of being human. Like a solar eclipse, like the bright light of the truth is being eclipsed by lies. That We're experiencing this eclipse of the meaning of what it means to be human. Who are we? Who are we as men? Who are we as women? Like, who am I as a person? To whom do I belong? Where do I come from? Where am I going? Right? It's like we've, we've jumped into this story without having referenced the beginning and without knowing where it's going. It's just, I mean, is it just a story of sound and fury signaling nothing? Or is it a story filled with meaning heading somewhere? Our culture is convinced in some ways that our story of our humanity is a, sound, is a story of sound and fury signaling nothing. So John Paul II becomes Pope in 1978. He becomes Pope in 1978. And his first apostolic visit as Pope was back to his home country of Poland in 1979. Poland was still in the grip of communism. The Soviet Union was still ostensibly this great superpower, although... We can look back through history and realize that they were really running on propaganda fumes, that there was really nothing there of substance. But he comes to Victory Square in 1979 with the communist generals and soldiers all standing behind him, all their military fatigues, and they're shaking in their boots as this man, this powerful man, comes in front of them to begin to preach. Thousands of people gathered in this square. And he says to the gathered crowd, he says, you are not who they say you are. He's pointing to the communists. You are not who they say you are. He said, let me tell you who you are. Let me remind you who you are. And he went on to speak about human dignity, about the human person. He said to them, and I quote, for man cannot be fully understood without Christ, or rather man is incapable of understanding himself fully without Christ. He cannot understand who he is, nor what his true dignity is nor what his vocation is, nor what his final end is. He cannot understand any of this without Christ. And he spoke about how we're all destined for glory, capable of hearing and responding and living in relationship and union with God. And he spoke about the immense dignity of each individual person made in God's image and likeness. And at the end of his homily, John Paul II, he, like, he cracked open his heart and he let out this cry from the depths of his soul and the Holy Spirit is breathing just so powerfully through him. And he said this, quote, And I cry, I who am a son of the land of Poland and who am also Pope John Paul II, I cry from all the depths of this millennium. I cry on the vigil of Pentecost. Let your spirit descend. Let your spirit descend and renew the face of the earth, the face of this land. It was as if John Paul II like bent over and began to breathe on this like dying ember and he reignited it into this fire in the hearts of the Polish people, in the hearts of the, I mean, the world. Everyone was watching and it, and it said that the crowd began to applaud and cheer and they were saying over and over again, we want God. We want God. And it just began to rise and rise and rise. And it kept going for almost 20 minutes. The chant, we want God. 
John Paul II knew what he was doing. He was no fool. He knew what he was doing. He was holding up. He was holding up the coin of humanity, right? And reminding the world, whose image do you bear? And do you know what that means? These communists, these world leaders, the principalities, the powers of this present darkness, they have tried to rub out and snuff out the image that you bear. But do you know whose you are, whose image you bear? In many ways, John Paul II spent the rest of his pontificate unpacking this first homily. Everything else was commentary on what he said in that Victory Square in 1979, reminding people of their dignity and showing, showing us how to render our humanity back to the Lord up until his death. I mean, who can forget those images of this man in his old, decrepit years where he's paralyzed and swollen because of the Parkinson's and the cortisone shots, and he's bent over and so sickly and drooling, and you've got people kept commenting, why doesn't he just retire? Why doesn't he just escort himself off the stage? Because he wanted to show the dignity of the person from start to finish. He was teaching the world not only how to live, but, only, but also how to die. The great dignity that we bear. Friends, this is, the world that we're living in is a world that even more so than the days of John Paul II, it's a world that is desperately lost and confused and hurt. It's a world filled with people trying to do the impossible, trying to find themselves and identify themselves apart from Christ. And it is fruitless and it's destructive. Like, Jesus established his church, and he vivifies it with his power through the power of the Holy Spirit in every single age. This church is not a social club. It's not our invention. It's not just what we do on Sunday mornings. The church is a mystical organism. It is heaven's outpost on earth. It's heaven's embassy behind enemy lines. It is vivified, pulsating with divine power that we visible members of the church right here, we are the least numerous and the least powerful members of the church, of the body of Christ. With every single age, with every single passing successive generation, more and more souls are added to the great multitude of the heavenly hosts surrounding the throne in glory. That's the church triumphant. We are this church militant, feebly struggling while they in glory shine, right? Isn't that what we sing? And what is the church supposed to be? The church is supposed to be the place where little feeble hearts, like your heart and my heart, where weak people, sinners and hypocrites, where we come together to be reminded of who we are, Like we hear these stories to be reminded of who we are because we have this perpetual amnesia. Because we walk out of here and we are bathed in a lie. Like this is what John Paul II came to Victory Square to say. You are not who they say you are. Let me tell you who you are. We come here into the church to remind, 
to be reminded of who we are and to remind one another who we are and what our mission is and where our worth comes from, that you are worth the body and blood of the Son of Man. That's the price for your soul. That's who you are. We come here to hear our story told to us truly. John Paul II would often say, he would say, call things by their proper name. Call things by their proper name. Do not be afraid of the truth of who you are. That you bear immense dignity and you bear immense misery. You are both, you and I are both so broken, so lost, so rebellious, so beloved, so cherished, so incapable of losing the the inheritance that is ours. Do not be afraid of the truth of who you are. Jesus is the one who tells us who we are. He's the light that illuminates the darkness. He's the one who tells us what we're worth. So as he lifts up this coin today in the gospel, and he says to the Herodians, and he says to the Pharisees, liars both of them, he says to them, whose image do you bear? Give it all back to God. Amen.